He's had three startups that he started and sold two in the database space, one in the social media space that grew to about 100,000 bucks in AR, then sold it. The tech was so good for about 6 million bucks. Then he saw the pattern. Everything's going to the cloud. So he jumped into that space. 2011 launched Cloud Checker, bootstrapped it up to last year. They've now raised $50 million, serving 600 customers, paying at least two grand per month. So they're well north of 1.2 million bucks per month in revenue right now, 140% net revenue retention annually with their team of 150 people between Rochester and other remote locations. Again, helping you not only organize your cloud spend, make it more efficient, but also keep it nice and secure. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Aaron Newman. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Cloud Checker, the cloud management company. He's a serial entrepreneur and has founded and sold three successful startups. He's an acclaimed speaker and author on technology topics, Enterprise 2.0, and the Oracle Security Handbook. Aaron has been awarded multiple patents in database security and social media. Aaron, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Tell us, well, first off, uh, there's not many people that get excited about writing a Oracle security handbook. So what, what is going through your brain? What, what excites you about this space? Well, I mean, the Oracle security handbook was probably about 15 years ago. So, you know, I love to find spaces, brand new spaces, uh, and, and really be where you're inventing and innovating. Right? So that's what excites me. So this was back in what, not 2003, 2004, when security was a brand new. Um, and so for me, that was all about kind of pioneering, you know, vulnerability assessment, activity monitoring uh, in the database world. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, I had two startups around database security. Um, then I had a startup around social media when that was hot. Well, hold on, and, hold on, Aaron, take us back. What were the names of the two database companies? Uh, one was DB Secure, so that was 1998. And what and happened to that one? That one got sold to a public company in Atlanta, ISS. Okay, and what year? Uh, that was 2000. Okay, and for how much? Uh, it was about $2 million. Okay, about, and the second? Actually about $4 million, yes. And what about the second one? The second one was a company, Application Security, Inc., uh, raised a bunch of money there, raised about $20 million, sold that. Uh, I, I stayed active for about five years, and then it ran for another 10 years after that, and that got sold to Trustwave, okay. uh, which got bought by Singtel, Singapore Telecom. What was general size of that deal when you sold it? Uh, it was about $35 million. Okay, good. So investors got out, a little bit of return there for common holders, and then you stayed with them for a couple of years. Uh, yep, and then I went and did a social media listing platform. So that was what kind of the first mean? SaaS one. Uh, so people were taking what was on marketing companies want to monitor what was on Twitter, what was on Facebook, what was on blogs. And they were doing social media campaigns. They wanted to measure it. They wanted to measure sentiment, demographics, geographics around it. So we brought, we bought, and this is 2006, we started ingesting all that content and putting analytics on top of that. So this is like a, almost like a sprinkler kind of tool, something like that. Yes, absolutely. Yep. 
Um, so, but this is 2006 to 2009, very early in the space. Um, and what happened to that one? And that got bought by a UK uh, company, um, uh, Alterium. Alterium. Okay. Bo- did you bootstrap that one or raise? Bootstrap that one. Okay. Right. So it was funny. It was the year 2008. It was very hard to raise money. So could not raise a dime for that one. So and what you what'd you it. grow that one to in terms of ARR before you decide to sell it? Uh, it was very early, right? So we only ran it about two and a half years okay. and we were, our ARR was running in the kind of hundred thousand dollar range. Oh, okay. So, so small, very early. Yep. Yeah. But we got, I mean, you know, we got about $6 million for it. So, you know, it was, it was, uh, fairly successful. I, I would argue based off your background, the tech was pretty incredible. Yes. I mean, it was cutting edge. It was, it was actually interesting because <clears throat> we were doing, we had our own data center. And that was the learning lesson around why not to build your data center because a huge waste of time, a huge yeah. suck of, you know, I was physically ordering hard drives and memory and they were shipping them. I was driving them to the data center and installing them. And, and by the end of it, I was like, this cloud thing makes sense. Yep. So yep. I, I, I bring the point up on your tech because I'll have all these CEOs calling me, go, you know, because I help a lot of companies buy and sell. And they'll go, Nathan, you had Aaron on. He only had 100 can AR and sold for six million. That's like a thousand X return. I'm like, yeah, but he had incredible tech. That wasn't a financial purchase on a revenue multiple. That was an incredible tech play. Correct. Yes. Yeah. All right. Cloud checker. Tell us about how you got into it. Well, so after after exiting the last one, we we kind of realized this cloud really makes sense. And this is 2011, so it's been about seven years. And back then, people looked at us and they were like, I'm never putting my data center in an Amazon cloud or a Microsoft cloud. And having lived and breathed it, I said, you know what? It's it's like the power companies, right? People in the 1850s, people built their own power plants. Eventually, they figured out not an efficient thing to do. We're going through that same cycle. So, you know, we, I, I immediately said, everything's going to the cloud, everything going to the public cloud. We bet big on it and we started building management platforms around it. And so what is the main, first off, we understand, I think at a high level, te- at least technical listeners might understand that. But for someone who is a CMO at a B2B SaaS company hearing you right now, how should they think about what Cloud Checker does? Well, think about it as you're, you're, you have all these tools in the data center to do everything from manage your inventory, uh, help you track costs, help you make sure you're utilizing your resources well. When you move it into the cloud, all the tools that worked over there, they don't work in the cloud because there's fundamental differences. You don't have IP addresses that are around for months. They're, they're gone in hours. So how the tool interacts with it has to be rewritten. So we have to throw a lot of the old tools away and reinvent things. Um, and so we've uh, we've written those tools that approach the cloud from a cloud friendly way to do inventory management, to do security, to do cost optimization and allocation. Yep. And then to give us a sense if someone wants to sign up for you on average, what are these what's the average customer paying you per month, would you say, assuming it's pure place ass? Uh, so we range anywhere from we have customers as small as 100 bucks a month to, uh, you know, 50, $100,000 a month. Okay. So it's a pretty wide range. Our, our average price is maybe $2,000, $3,000 a month, uh, AR, MRR. And, and you've, I believe, you wouldn't have this on your pricing page if you didn't test it because I can tell you're a data-driven guy. You have a very interesting layout on your pricing page where essentially pricing, you lead with 2.5% of your cloud bill and at the bottom it says get started at 500 bucks per month. Help us understand why you structure pricing that way. Well, it's, it's designed to be like the cloud, right? You want to get in easily. So if you have a small, um, a small cloud deployment, you know, you don't want to be a ton of money for it. If I'm 
paying a thousand out. I don't want a management platform that costs me, you know, two thousand, three thousand dollars. So we have to design it to scale with what you're doing, um, yet let it grow as our need for infrastructure and all that grows. So mm -hmm. um, it's really designed to to image uh, or mirror what a what a cloud deployment looks like. You start small and you grow. And I, you know, previous companies we had enterprise sales cycles where it would take a year and you'd finally land a million dollar deal to sell them software. Um, that doesn't exist anymore. Or it, it does. It's just much harder. Now it's sign up tomorrow, put it on your credit card for a couple hundred bucks a month, and then grow with it. And by the time a year into it, uh, our sales cycle is really that first year where they're using the product. At the end of it, they got a big deployment, and now they have to decide whether this has been valuable or not. How do you so, track that, though, Aaron? How do you track how big their cloud spend is? Well, I mean, part of uh, you know, part of what we're doing is cloud is cost optimization and allocation. So we have visibility into their oh, I see. into their spend. So we can tell them. And and it's interesting because people wonder: is it counterproductive for us? We're trying to keep your bill down. We're trying to help you run it efficiently. But we never see a customer's actual spend go down. What happens is they run things so much more efficiently in the cloud that they move more workloads in. And so it may be more efficient, but your your dollars spent, the amount you're running in the cloud is always going up. I want to try and really paint this picture. So my first company, Heyo, when we were doing 60, 70 grand a month in revenue, I would always look above the line, above gross margin. We'd have four or five grand and we just call it server costs. That's essentially our cloud bill. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Got it. So you would, we would connect with Cloud Checker. You'd analyze where that 5K spend is going. You'd maybe reorg some stuff. Maybe it drops down to four grand, but it's more efficient. So we actually put more in it. So now it's six grand a month. And then we're paying you 2.5% or whatever that is, starting at 500 Correct. bucks a month. Correct. Okay. Yep. Talk to me about the security component. I think I get the optimization component. You make it run smoother. Is Vladimir Putin your best friend every time he hacks? You see more customers? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we, we try not to use FUD. Uh, you know, and, 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 and try to do it really based on value. But think about it now. I put my data in the cloud. What's the perimeter? You know, it used to be your perimeter in the data center. You knew you had firewalls along it. You had routers. You knew exactly where all your data was. Now you put it in the cloud. It's a very different challenge. Your, your perimeter is really this software-defined network. And so when you, when you want to verify, is there a hole in my perimeter somewhere, it's by looking at all this metadata and analyzing, you know, what ports do I have open to what resources in my network? So it's, it's actually... Um, interesting because it's a totally different science, but you can really be very accurate and you could be much more secure in the cloud because you can scan millions of, of ports and IPs and know exactly what's coming in and not. It used to be you'd, you'd put a scanner out there that was trying to ping ports and IPs to see if they were open. Very inaccurate way of, of assessing your perimeter. In the cloud, much more discreet where you can really map what's, what's open and what's not. I, like you guys, have never been able to find a project management tool that I love. You know, my blog writers like one thing, my developers like one thing, my designers like a different thing, and it's so difficult to get them all on the same page. So when I had Roy Mann, the CEO of Monday.com on the show, I was pleasantly surprised at what he told me regarding his traction and his growth, and I said, maybe I should try this thing. So we now use Monday.com. I started with the magazine. We've launched the Latka magazine, solely dedicated to SaaS founders. It's the only magazine focused on SaaS. And my content writers and my designers worked beautifully together on that project using Monday.com for project management. 
I then said, well, let me give it a real test. Let me see if I can use this for sprints and product cycles with my developers using it as well. And so we did that for GitLatka on our last release. It worked like a charm. Never before have I been able to find one tool that my developers, my designers, and my writers, and myself can use and be happy with. You know, for me, I do most of my work waiting on the boarding deck about to get on a plane. I have to be able to access this stuff on my mobile device, and it works beautifully. We've been using it for several months now, and I said, Roy, I'd love to introduce this to my audience, but you gotta give me a great discount. Make me a great offer. He said, Nathan, okay, fine. If your folks sign up and try it today, we'll give them 10% off all plans if they use this link, nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. So you can go there, try it for free, and if you decide to start paying, you'll get 10% off. Again, that's nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. I mean, how advanced would you? I mean, will you do things like set up honeypots in case someone does get in, they pack the wrong thing? No, I mean, so there's two things we do. Secure configuration. So make sure you have locked down, you're using all the security capabilities and features. I mean, any system you buy today has the ability to be secure. It's just, have you turned it on the right way? Have you set it up? Have you enabled the security features? Um, The second piece is activity monitoring. So yes, then we're monitoring who's doing what within there. So we don't specifically do honeypots, but we'll monitor who's using, who's, who's creating resources, who's changing permissions. You know, a lot of it is, is keeping the record of that, everything from audit logs to uh, identifying anomalous behavior um, to just helping you see, hey, when, you're, when your security guy comes to the DevOps person and says, hey, give me the IP addresses of who connected into our app three weeks ago, well, the IP addresses changed a hundred times in the last three weeks. So how do you answer that question? It's very different it used to be you'd go to the logs for that server sure. and you look through it. You don't have logs for that server anymore. So very different problem. So we've we've constructed it so you could answer that question just in a very different way. Optimization and security launched in 2011. What have you scaled to today in terms of total customers? Uh, it's about 600 customers. Okay. Um, you know, we we actually grew it uh, really based organically. Um, but using our own funding until last year. Last year we took a 50 million dollar investment. Five zero or one five. Five zero from Level Equity in New York City, and that allowed us to really build out the infrastructure. And that's so, that's all. So, uh, if I asked you total funding to date, it's fifty million. Yes. Okay. Yes. In general size, I mean, I can take six hundred customers times that two thousand price point per month early, and I mean, you're somewhere north of a million bucks a month in revenue. Is that accurate? Yeah, much higher than that. Okay. But, good. Uh, but yes, very good. And and tell talk to us more about some of the economics around this. So, obviously, any SaaS company has to think about churn. Tell me how you think about churn. Well, so so absolutely, I, I I'll tell you, I'm not uh, a typical CEO. I'm not uh, a CFO, right? There's a lot of these things I leave to my CFO, and I spend a lot of my time worrying about culture and product and all that. But you do, you do have to study, you know, and make sure uh, your churn is not happening. You know, we're, we we have about a 96 percent annual retention rate. That's so on a very logo high. basis or revenue? On a revenue basis, and that's that's gross or net? Uh, that's uh, that's that's net. And actually, that includes expansion revenue. Exactly. Okay. At the no, no, that doesn't. Our, we actually have 145 percent net retention rates on which revenue, which is really incredible. But that's because we have customers that their cloud is just growing so quickly um, that 
what they use last year grows by about 45% a year. So let me make sure, let me make sure I get this right. Cause I think these numbers are incredible. Uh, ignoring upsell revenue, you retain at a gross level about 96% of your revenue annually. You then drive an additional 40 to 50 points of revenue expansion across your base. So together net, you're driving about 140% uh, net revenue retention annually. Correct. That's Correct. great. That's really great. And what are people upgrading for? Is it a usage? You kind of everyone has different pricing axes. Is it number of seats? Is it usage? What is it? What's well, cloud spend? Right. Just cloud so spend. Okay. We have the auto scaling uh, uh, sales model where if I spent twenty five thousand dollars a month in the cloud last year, I'm spending fifty thousand dollars a month this year, um, and that's almost all customers we see that kind of growth. We're getting, we're able to bill them twice for that. Okay. Uh, last few economics questions before we wrap up. Payback period. How quick do you like to get paid back? Um, our LTV. Well, so our uh, uh, our payback is it, well. I mean, so listen, we took fifty million dollars last. It should year, be right? getting so longer because you're changed. investing. <laughs> it changed last year. Last year was it was sickly small, like like what three or four months. Okay. So it's now in the eight or nine month range. And, and it does grow because we're investing to keep our growth up. So yep. very easily in the early days, we used to see tripling every year, which yep. is super nice. As you get bigger, you can't do that. Yeah, even Aaron, even nine though is not bad. I mean, I know companies that have raised the same amount that you have and they're up in the 18, 19 month payback period. So you at nine months and people are paying two grand per month on average, that means you're spending up to 18 ish or 20 grand to acquire these new customers, right? Yeah. And, and for us, it's, we're in Rochester, New York, right? So we're not actually a, a, a typical Boston or, or Silicon Valley startup where we actually are a lot more physically, fisc- fiscally responsible. So that's where we do a little bit better on the numbers, uh, but not quite the flash that the hot, the latest hot startup in Silicon Valley has. And what's your team today? What size? It's about 150. All in uh, Rochester. No, about two thirds in Rochester. We're in four continents, Argentina, India, Portland, Rochester, DC and the UK. Amazing. Okay. And then you were going to tell me LTV to CAC ratio. Where's that hovering right now? LTV to CAC. I don't know off the top of my head. That's okay. Uh, I got to get my CFO. Do you use LTV to drive actual any real decisions or is that just more like a number investors ask for and you just got to figure it out for them? Uh, I think we use it more for the investors. (laughs) I mean, for us, we're in a, we're in a market that's expanding so quickly that it's all about product and delivering value and the numbers work themselves out. Yep. Last question. What are you guys growing at year over year? Uh, last year we grew about 85%. Okay. That's the year before we tripled. That's pretty healthy. And I mean, when do you think you break like the $40 million or $50 million AR mark? Uh, $40 million will be early 2020. Okay. And we'd love to go public kind of 21, 22. That's, yep. That would be kind of the goal. So it's far enough out. We got a lot of work to do, but we're we're here to build a big business and, and grow something amazing. I love that. Okay, let's wrap up here, Aaron, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, the book I just read was Servant Leadership. So I'm all about, I work for the people at this company. They don't work for me. What is the tattoo on your arm mean? Is it servant related? Uh, this one is Through Endurance We Conquer. Ernest Shackleton, one of my personal heroes. Why? So I, uh, you know, took 50 guys to Antarctica, got stuck there for two years, didn't lose a single guy. That's leadership. Um, and anytime I complain about my life, I say, I'm, he, you know, I, I, at least I'm not in Antarctica for two years. There, so. there you guys have it. If you're, if you're applying on, on Aaron's job page, read the contract carefully. Clause three, it says, must be willing to take trip to Antarctica with Aaron for six months and survive, right? That's how it works. <laughs> exactly. Well, I climbed 
I was in Antarctica in November for a month, climbed Mint Vincent, which is the tallest point there. Wow. So, All right, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like to look at what Andy Jassy and Jeff Bezos do. I mean, they've done some incredible stuff. Um, I, I'm also a big fan of Bill Gates uh, just because of what he's done where – you know, the, 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 the human side of what he's done in terms of donating his money and building the foundation. Um, so I think that's the ultimate goal. It's not about leaving a ton of money or to your kids. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? My favorite online tool for building a business. Uh, I think everybody's core, everybody's built on Salesforce these days from, from that at, at lazy and as well on the, uh, on the engineering side. So those are the tool, tool, tools that are instrumental what we do. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Uh, I get plenty of sleep. I can't operate on no sleep. Like eight, so, nine hours? Yeah, I mean, seven, seven and a half. I got six and a half last night and I could tell it's it's a little dragging. And, so, wh- and what's your situation, Aaron? You married, single, have kiddos? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, have a, a fiance. I have okay. two kids. She has two kids, a little bit of the Brady Bunch. Uh, <laughs> And there's definitely the work-life balance. You know, when I was 25, I did not have a work-life balance. Uh, I have a better one these H- how days. How old are you today? Uh, 45. And, and and take us home. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, I wish I would have gotten into tech earlier. You know, I, ca- I, I uh, uh, graduated with an accounting degree and never did a day of it. I stumbled upon tech tech. You know, and I, I never took a class in tech and probably the programmers that read my code, uh, laugh at it because that's what it looks like. But, uh, you know, I wish I would have gotten to tech earlier guys. There you have it from Aaron. He's had three startups that he started and sold two in the database space. One in the social media space that grew to about a hundred thousand bucks in AR, then sold it. The tech was so good for about 6 million bucks. Then he saw the pattern. Everything's going to the cloud. So he jumped into that space. 2011 launched cloud checker, bootstrapped it up to last year. They've now raised $50 million serving 600 customers paying at least two grand per month. So they're well North of 1.2 million bucks per month in revenue right now, 140% net revenue retention annually with their team of 150 people between Rochester and other remote locations. Again, helping you not only organize your cloud spend, make it more efficient, but also keep it nice and secure. Aaron, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you.